Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bashed, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. Listen and enjoy this latest episode as Pastor Tim answers your sincere questions. Here's Pastor Tim. On this episode of Bible Bash, we will continue to answer the question, how do I get assurance? And in order to do that today, we'll be dealing with what might be described as the legalistic Pharisee. Now, uh, as we've tried to answer this question in general, how do I get assurance? One of the things we've said is that there are two basic uh, responses that an individual needs to hear uh, who is struggling with assurance. And those two basic responses are the same responses that an individual might give uh, if they're answering the question. If they're asking the question, essentially, you know, what must I do to be saved? So for an individual asking the question, what must I do to be saved? The simple answer to that question is repent of your sins and believe the good news. There's two components to a proper response to the good news, uh, faith and repentance. And then as you are dealing with the topic of assurance and trying to help someone gain assurance of their salvation, those two basic responses are also applicable for the subject of assurance. So if an individual says, I don't feel saved or I'm struggling with assurance and I don't know what to do, uh, your response that you need to give them is not to try to assure them that they are Christians. Uh, Your response you need to give them is to encourage them to trust in the promises of God or have faith and then respond to the good news and repentance. Now, one of the things we've done over the course of the past few episodes in this series is we've talked about different errors that are related to the topic of repentance, but then there are also errors that are related to the topic of faith. Now, uh, as you think about different types of assurance in the Bible, uh, people get hung up as it relates to this kind of topic because they typically go in one direction or another. Uh, So for individuals uh, typically uh, who are struggling with assurance, most often individuals are going to try to re-explain the gospel to them and Uh, help encourage them to trust in the promises of God on their behalf. And I would say that that was probably the most primary thing that needs to be told, but then there are often, you know, errors related to repentance, and we've addressed some of those things. Uh, But at the same time, uh, what we've described is, as you read through the Bible, there are basically two different types of assurance in the Bible. So there are what uh, might be described as objective types of assurance or objective assurance, 
And there are also what you might describe as subjective means of assurance in the scripture. So the objective means of assurance in the Bible are, as we've said, objective, meaning they're not based on our experience. Uh, But then the subjective means of assurance are somewhat subjectively uh, determined because, you know, as you think about any of any of the kinds of things which are put in this category of subjective assurance, they can go up and down depending on, you know, the day of the week and everything else. And so uh, the objective means of assurance in the Bible is is basically founded in the objective work of Christ on our behalf on the cross. Uh, So we are told, you know, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, will be saved. And so there's nothing more objective than the fact of Jesus Christ's death on the cross on behalf of sinners. And there's nothing more objective than the fact that when Jesus came and died on the cross, he lived a life we could never live. He died a death that we deserved. And his uh, righteousness is attributed to individuals who trust by faith in what he did as a free gift. And that righteousness is going to declare them to be not guilty and it's going to fundamentally cleanse them from all sin, past, present, and future. Uh, So when you're trusting in the promises of God in that way or you're trusting in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, that's objective, meaning it's not dependent upon your own experience in any way. It's depending on what Jesus did which fundamentally uh, he declared to be finished. So he he finished his work on the cross for us, and there's nothing that can add to that or take that away. Uh, So his sacrifice is fundamentally objective. Now, there's also what we've tried to say and we've talked about over over the course of several episodes, there's subjective means of assurance, and those subjective means of assurance are the kind of things you're going to read through in 1 John. So how do we know that we know him? Uh, We know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Anyone who says he knows him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. You know, in him, the children of God and the children of the devil are made uh, plain. You know, everyone who loves his brother is born of God. Everyone who hates his brother is a liar and the truth is not in him. So as you read through First John, you're going to find what we've described as these subjective means of assurance. And they're subjective, meaning, you know, how do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments? Well, you know, how well do I have to keep his commandments before I can have any measure of confidence that I'm a Christian? Uh, but the point there is to say that you know, as you think about some of these subjective means of assurance, there are times where I keep God's commandments better than other times. There are times where I love the brothers better than other times. There are times where I love God's word better than other times. There's times where I love his people, you know, his people and uh, his church more than other times. Uh, so that, you know, these subjective means of assurance are not meant to be primary means of assurance. They're meant to be secondary means of assurance. Uh, but then at the same time, you know, if there's a you know, complete and total utter absence of any of these subjective means of assurance, then a person ha- is right to be somewhat concerned about the uh, their eternal state at that point. Because if God fundamentally comes and saves an individual and declares them to be not guilty and sets them free from the penalty of sin and the power of sin in their life, then there should be some sort of evidence that he's at work in their life. Uh, But the point, though, is just to say that for some people, there is the kind of person who is going to put an undue emphasis on their performance over and against uh, putting emphasis on the objective work uh, of Christ on the cross on their behalf. And so you know, as you think about how to get assurance for that kind of person, you might describe that kind of person as a legalistic Pharisee who's attempting to earn their salvation or trying to merit their salvation. And this can happen a wide variety of ways. Uh, they basically have uh, become persuaded that God 
could not possibly extend them forgiveness because they're so sinful and they need to be reminded of the objective nature and the work of, of Christ's work on the cross on their own behalf. It could be that they're, you know, formally a legalist, meaning that they really do believe in some form of work salvation. Uh, and, you know, their confidence in their own salvation is fundamentally dependent not upon what Jesus did, but upon their uh, performance. And they believe that a person in, can, in some sense, earn their salvation by law keeping. Um, and everything else, and so there is, uh, there there are individuals who fall in that kind of error, meaning that they really do believe that they're trying to earn their salvation, that they're somehow possible uh, to balance the scales, and those kind of individuals really do need to be taught that salvation is fundamentally a gift of God, that uh, God, in His sovereign mercy, saves individuals not you know by their own works. Uh, Ephesians two eight through nine tells us that. Uh, by grace we're saved through faith and you know that faith is not of our own doing it's a gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast Uh, salvation is a gracious gift of God and if God were to count iniquities none of us could stand and there's no fundamentally no way that individuals are ever going to be made right with God on the basis of the things that they do now we still have these subjective means of assurance but those are different than uh, basically saying subjective means of earning salvation Uh, so when God saves an individual he's going to do so by grace through faith and the only in our primary way of having confidence that we are Christian is found in simply trusting in the promises of God and resting in the righteousness of Christ imputed to us as a free gift. And then the individuals who do that, though, they will also experience a changed life on the basis of God's continued work in them. And the, and the more that they experience a changed life, the more confidence that they're going to have. And so like all things, you know, assurance is not just a zero or a hundred proposition uh, you know, the more that we live in unconfessed sin, the more we can expect that our confidence may shake for a time being until we can come out of that uh, by God's grace and through the power of His Holy Spirit. It might be that, you know, our assurance does, you know, go up and down as, you know, our sanctification is going up and down. Uh, but fundamentally, you know, the primary means of assurance that God is giving us in His Word is going to be found in trusting in the finished work of Christ on our have and that's subjective meaning those like Jesus work on the cross was finished it's perfect there's nothing we can do to add to it or change it in any way and we should be thankful for that this has been another episode of Bible Bashed we hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion we thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media please reach out to us with your questions pushback and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.